Hello and welcome to My Existential Crisis, the podcast where we talk about all the things that make us question our entire sense of self. My name is Madison Epley. And my name is Dylan Berger. Yes, Dylan is one of my new co-hosts. He's going to be helping to make some episodes with me. So Dylan, do you just want to like tell people a little bit about yourself? Give some background on who you are? Oh, absolutely. Um, What is there to say? So much. Uh, My name is uh, Dylan Robert Berger. I feel like I should give people all of my information. Yes. Um, Social security number, address, telephone number. Terrifying. All of it. (laughs) Absolutely terrifying. Um, And uh, yeah, I have been working with Madison for a little while now, and we both share an interest in uh, true crime and mysterious things. And I think we're going to be talking about both this evening. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, So like, I guess, how was your weekend? What did you do? Uh, My weekend was very nice. Um, I went to visit uh, my girlfriend's mother uh, in Clearfield, Pennsylvania. Where is that? Um, Pennsylvania. Uh, oh, okay, cool. And, uh, Love that. Yeah, um, it is about three hours from here. Northwest, um, south, I east. use ways to get out of my house. <laughs> so uh, I have very little idea where uh, Clearfield is. I have zero like mental maps. Like mm. I, I there's so many times I'm out somewhere and like I walk into a building. I'm like, oh yeah, I live that way. And they're like, no, you don't. It's literally. You don't know where you're at. I get so turned around so easily. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. It's, it's bad. It's an absolute nightmare when people ask me what highway I drove down. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what highway. I drove. I made it. What's the Do difference between know? highways? I don't um, know. How does that information help you? I literally don't <laughs> understand it. And like, it's like, you know how dads like to talk about the ways to like yeah. go places? My dad loves to do that. And it drives me bananas. because like I have no idea what the fuck he's saying. Like, I just like, <laughs> I like, he'll just like, he's like, you know where that's at. And I'm like. Yeah, yeah, because if I say no, then he'll, like, try to explain it. I'm like, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to understand it. So, like, just stop telling me directions. Yeah, absolutely. I know how to get to maybe three places. I know how to get to my apartment Mm -hmm. and Giant. Okay. And, oh, I only know how to get to two places, actually. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) That's basically how I am. I know how to get to my apartment and Costco, and that's it. (laughs) Is there a Costco near you? There is. There's a Costco, like, seven minutes from my apartment. It's amazing. Oh. Yes. I heard this little Costco hack that might be interesting for our listeners. Yeah, and for me, too. Um, Instead of getting a Costco membership, which costs a certain amount of money every year, you can get a Costco gift card, and then you just show them the gift card instead of a membership at the door. And they let you in so you can use it. But the thing is, you don't use it. I don't know. Because they've been really, really cracking down lately. Have they? They really have. Like, you have to show it at the door. They check to see your picture on the back of it. And then if you go to the checkout, they check again to see. Before you can even check out, they make sure it's your picture. Uh-huh. So, like, they have been cracking down. I, is... I don't know if that would work. Right. I love going to a grocery store that feels like 1930s Germany. It really, Yeah. <laughs> That is a very accurate description yeah. of Costco. Yes. There's something I value more in a grocery store than a utilitarian sort of structure. Yeah. 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 I like to be pushed around mm-hmm. and made to feel uncomfortable. Costco would be perfect for you then. <laughs> that is the ideal place to shop. That Excellent. Is, that's where you need to go. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> Trader Joe's is just so loose and free and friendly. <laughs> no, not Costco. It is show me your ID. Give me... I need to see your picture. Like, if you don't look like your picture... You're fucked. Like if I if I were to grow my bangs out and like not have glasses and look terrible one day, like it'd be like this. They wouldn't like, know who. I, no, they wouldn't let me in. Do they even comment on uh, at least one of your items at checkout to say like, oh, I love that. 
I love the, those muffins. No. I love those uh, tortillas. One That's my favorite brand. They commented that I was carrying too much without a cart because I hate. Okay, I hate getting a cart if I don't have to get a cart. It just feels like a hassle to me. Hmm. So like, I do my very best to just get what I need and leave uh, it in my arms. Yeah, no, I have a big pile of items in my arms that I just carry out to my car and they just drop everywhere yes. on the pavement. And that's, that's kind of like what I do every time I go shopping. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I tried to do that the one time and I had like a 50, not 50, that's not right, a 20 pound bag of rice and then like other things that I was carrying. It didn't go great, but I made it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're here. I'm here. You I got my rice, Costco. I got my milk, I got what I needed. Yeah. May, uh, may Costco reign a thousand years. A, th a thousand and then some. Yes. <laughs> this week I have a story. I heard of this story probably a couple years ago now. And I, I forgot about it and I kind of wrote it off because... Um, I was like, it's like, it's an unsolved mystery, but for me, I could logic my way through it. Mm -hmm. But I forgot about all the little details that were in it and what made it like an unsolved spooky ooky mystery. And then whenever I started doing research on it again, I was like, oh damn, this is crazy. Um, so shout out to Eric Price who recommended this one. Thank you for bringing this back into my mindset, time, whatever you want to call it, in Thanks, my Eric. scope of consciousness i don't know mm. um so this is the mysterious disappearances of chris kremers and lisanne Froon. wow two last names that you just want to say yes over and over again kremers and kremers and Froon. yes so this takes place in 2004 not place this happened in 2014 mm -hmm. chris kremers and lisanne Froon were dutch college students from utrecht netherlands Ooh. Yes. How did you practice that? I did. I practiced <laughs> it a lot. Utrecht? Oh, no, I don't know. Utrecht. 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 Yes. Gesundheit. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so Chris was 21, and she was described as open, creative, and responsible, and she had just completed her degree in cultural social education with a specialization in art education. So she did a lot of stuff in college. Hmm. Uh, at 22, Lisanne was also, um, she was said to be aspiring, optimistic, intelligent, and she was a very passionate volleyball player, and she graduated with a degree in applied psychology. So these two women, Chris and Lisanne, they lived together in a dorm room, and they worked together at a cafe called Dein Kleinenhop. Dein Kleinenhop. And I only included that in there because I wanted to say it. So, <laughs> den, sorry, Dein Kleinenhop. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's how you pronounce it. Den Kleinenhop. Den Kleinenhop. Oh. And together, they spent six months saving their money and planning a special six-week vacation to Panama. So in addition to celebrating Lisanne's recent graduation, they were hoping to study Spanish and volunteer with the locals, specifically children, and they really wanted to do something significant with their time there. Mm -hmm. So on March 15th, 2014, the day arrived, and the two set off from Amsterdam Airport to Panama. So upon arriving, they spent a few weeks on the coast just like discovering the area and familiarizing themselves with the country, learning Spanish, enjoying the local cuisine, and they actually ended up meeting two other Dutch travelers who were visiting the area at the time. 
So by the end of March, they traveled to Boquette, which was a small mountain town about 37 miles from the border of Costa Rica. And it's located on the Caldera River. And because of its high elevation, it's like 3,900 feet above sea level. It's known for its cooler and more temperate climate than the lowlands. It gets very hot down in like the normal, I don't know what a normal sea level is, but like an irregular sea level is, is normal sea level just zero i think so right yeah that makes sense actually yeah, yeah. at zero sea le- did you know that new orleans is technically below sea level oh no yeah that's why it gets so badly damaged in the hurricanes oh that's sad yeah it's really not good Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, um, Boquette had this really lush green landscape. The temperature was perfect. The natural environment was beautiful. And it was very popular with Panamanians, retirees, and tourists. So while they were there, they lived with a host family, and they planned to continue to learn Spanish and work with little children, just like Hmm. they had planned to do originally. However, when they arrived, they were told that the jobs that they had lined up at the school would not start until a week later. So they weren't starting immediately like they expected to do. Mm-hmm. So with this extra time that they had, they were like, hey, we're just going to keep exploring and keep venturing around. So on April 1st, 2014, this was about 15 days after they had arrived, they left Boquette for a mid-morning hike around the La Panista... Nope. The La Pianista Trail. German is so much easier to pronounce. It really is. I don't, you know, I am a quarter Mexican. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I didn't take Spanish. I took French. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't, I know, like, the basics, but I, it always trips me up. I took Spanish for nine years. Are you serious? And I remember literally nothing. <laughs> I, I feel like my mind has tried to repress anybody who tried to teach me anything. And because of that, Spanish... And much of English is a mystery to me. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a tragedy. That's actually the mystery that I'm going to be talking about today. Oh, really? It's my education. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you should just cover like the entire American education system because then that's like a real mystery. Ooh. Like, touchy subject. Okay, <laughs> continuing. Um, so they planned for a mid-morning hike, and mm-hmm. the weather was really good. They were going to hike the summit that was around like five miles from the city. And a taxi dropped them off at the start of the trail. The driver reported it was mid-afternoon, but their camera suggested it was earlier, around 11 a.m. So in order to reach the summit, it would take a person in decent shape, which they were, around two and a half to three hours to reach the top. So round trip, it was going to be a five to six hour journey. Sounds like fun. Yeah. (laughs) A great time. Um... So, obviously, this hike was described as moderately challenging. I would describe it as more than that. Yeah. But this is how they described it. Um, And some reviews on all trails described the area as very muddy and people spotted aggressive dogs. Aggressive dogs. don't know what that means. Aggressive dogs on a five-hour hike. Yeah. Doesn't sound great. (laughs) And they they chose to do that. Yeah, they chose to do that. Uh, It doesn't get better. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) It gets a lot worse before it gets better. I don't know why I said before it gets better, because it literally doesn't get better at all. Okay, so <laughs> earlier that day, they posted to Facebook about they were going to explore the area and how they met up with um, the Dutch travelers for brunch that morning. And on their hike, the two women took the host family's dog named Blue from the village with them, and they Aww. set off on their hike. Um, just as a quick note, they wore light clothing, tank tops, and shorts, and carried a backpack containing their passports, 
a water bottle, a Canon PowerShot digital camera, about $80 worth of money, and their cell phones, an iPhone, and a Samsung Galaxy. Um, that seems very trivial, but it is important, I promise. It seems pretty light. I mean, yes. for a hike. So. Yeah, it seems pretty light. Like, it doesn't say about granola bars or anything. Like, I would, I need a granola bar when I'm hiking. Oh, one like, of those hydro packs with a big tube? Yeah. <laughs> like, sit, look, hook that sucker up and just, like, yeah. be on my way. Uh, so, Chris and Lee San reached the summit around... 1 p.m. and for some reason it looks like they continued beyond the trail. Normally tourists would turn around at the lookout point and walk the same trail back to Boquet. The area beyond the trail is very rugged, it's very steep, and it's actually very dangerous, particularly from April to October during the wet season, which is when they went. Um, even indigenous tribes trek the trail warily past this point. They mm. know exactly where they need to go and even then it can be a little Hazardous. So they didn't go back the way that they came? No. They kept going for some reason. Was there speculation that somebody was following them? There is. So as they continued on the trail, that is no longer a trail because they're just literally going into the woods at this point. Through that journey into like the jungle woodsy area, Mm -hmm. there is a steep river. It's like this gorge up to 70 feet deep, which has to be actually crossed using these cable bridges. Do you know what those are? Is, are those the bridges um, with, I might be thinking of something else, but the uh, ropes on either side and the rope on the bottom? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see them a lot in, like, zoos. Monkeys use them to, like, get around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not safe. Not oh. safe at all. Poor um, monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not great. Um, so, days prior to the hike, they looked up the trail on the computer and must have thought that they still had time to walk on towards a waterfall that was deeper in the jungle. Um, and if you remember from what I described they had on them, they were really not equipped for a prolonged period in the jungle. They had no food or survival gear. Hikers who usually plan to go on the more adventurous parts of the trip usually pay guides to take them. They have specialist equipment and supplies to last for at least a few days. Um, they have tents and waterproof clothing, you know, it's, right. they are more prepared. So it's either that they like thought they could just see this waterfall or like you had mentioned, maybe someone was following them. We will kind of dig into that in a little bit. So fast forward to later that evening. This is still April 1st. Blue returned to his host family all alone. And at this point, the family was concerned and they did search the area that evening, but they waited until morning before deciding on next steps. People think this is suspicious, but if you, it's a small town, so like I'm not, it's a small town with different cultures and different customs, so I don't know if the police was readily available 24-7 or like if they, they probably also would have waited the next morning, so. Yeah, and sometimes you're just sleeping. Exactly. And you can't look for your family because it's just too late. It's not, you know, you got, they have their dog. (laughs) I mean, they have that. (laughs) (laughs) So the following morning, April 2nd. The woman had planned a guided tour for the jungles around Boquette where they were at, but they never showed up. And their guide actually even stopped by the host family to ask where they were. Uh And they were like, they didn't return. Um, So they thought maybe there was miscommunication, but no, they just like never showed up and they never returned. So now they were getting concerned. So a day later then, this is April 3rd now, the women were finally reported missing. How many days after this they is, initially went missing were they reported? They went missing on April 1st. April so this 1st. is two, two days. days. So 48 hours. Yes. Is that typically the thing? You wait 48 hours? No, before? absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
Attention to everybody who thinks that you have to wait 48 hours before reporting somebody missing. That is false. You wait 72. No, no. Give them some time. <laughs> they can make it back on their own. They're adults. <laughs> so, yes. On April 3rd, the women were reported missing, and they did an aerial search of the forest, and they also did a foot search with dog teams of the village and wooded areas by locals. But despite these efforts, they didn't find anything. And now April 6th rolls around. This mm-hmm. is five days after they were first noticed to be missing. Their parents actually arrived in Panama along with police detectives from the Netherlands. And they wanted to conduct their own full-scale search of the forest. And this lasted for 10 days. The parents even offered a $30,000 reward for any information leading to their whereabouts. But still, there was absolutely no sign of them. So they waited five days. Five, so the parents arrived five days later. Oh, five days yes, later. Yes, that was as soon as they could get there. Okay. So when they got there then, they immediately sprung into action. Gotcha, whereas see. the host family waited a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if, if you wait five days, just make it a week. Yeah, you know, just like even it out. <laughs> Round up at that point. You know, why not? Uh, so ten days turned into ten weeks. Yikes. Before their first clue turned up. So on June 14th, this is over 10 months after they first disappeared, a local woman turned in Lisanne's blue backpack in a rice paddy. That's where it was found. Um, How it got there is just the very first of many big mysteries, as this community is very isolated and it isn't even on the maps. Specifically, it was near the village of Alta Romera, which is around 10.5 miles from where they were seen last. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's five miles from the summit of the trail that they were from. So it's a very long way. Um, it's estimated it was going to be like an eight-hour walk from their last known location to the village. But even then, you couldn't really reach the village on foot. Like, you really needed a helicopter to get in there. Because okay. it was just that hard to get Sounds to. isolated. Yeah, incredibly isolated. Um, again, in fact, just to retrieve the backpack, the police had to pick it up using a helicopter. So that's like how hard it is to get to this place uh-huh. yeah so first it was assumed that this backpack just like drifted up the river but the woman who found it said that the backpack was not there the day before and it absolutely could not have washed up because the backpack was bone dry and all of the contents inside of it were dry as well and absolutely undamaged in perfect condition despite supposed weeks of being in the jungle and flooding up the river yes it was dry absolutely dry but somebody carried it there that's exactly right. Right. Yes. Thank you. That's not what the Panama police say. Or it was just a very, you know, water-resistant backpack. That's true. That's true. But, like, cell phones aren't that water-resistant. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I also, I don't I don't know why. I don't think it's Jansport, but, like, for some reason, I have a very clear image of this being, like, a Jansport backpack. That'd make a great commercial. Yeah, it would, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, waterproof. Your family goes missing. Uh, but their backpack is in pristine condition. You can use all of these contents within it to find their location. Yeah. Rema- remains? Rem- remains. Yeah. Remains. Not good. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, inside the backpack were mm-hmm. two pairs of sunglasses, the $80 in cash, uh, Lee Sands mm. passport, a water bottle, two bras, and their camera and cell phones. So basically all of their technology... Everything that I had described before, but now their sunglasses and bras. Okay. Minus Chris's passport. They're missing that. 
They're missing a passport. One passport. But not the money. No. Or any of the other items. No. That's really peculiar. It is very peculiar. Um, it was also just important to note, we'll get to this a little bit later, but Lee San was known to have asthma and her inhaler was also not in the backpack, mm -hmm. which I don't have asthma, but I have an inhaler. <laughs> so like I need an inhaler for whenever I'm hiking because I can't breathe going up the hill. Even though you don't have asthma? So I don't have asthma, but so the first time I got COVID, I got bronchitis really, really bad. At the same time. Yeah. And it fucked my lungs up really, really bad. So like now every time I get sick, I get bronchitis. But even when my bronchitis is gone, like I can't breathe as well as I used to before. So like going up hills, it's not good. Like after a while, I am like, I cannot catch my breath. Man, I can't go up hills either, but that's because I'm out of shape. <laughs> Not because I had bronchitis and uh, COVID at the same time. Yeah. How many times did you have COVID? I only had it twice. I say only. I had it the first time, like the winter of 2021, I think. Mm -hmm. And then David didn't get it at all. Really? Uh, yeah, I know. He never fucking gets sick. It's so... I'm happy for him, but it's really annoying. And you're uh, living together? Yes. Yes. I know. I'm aware. So then he gets it from a coworker. And he brings it home to me, and I always get sick, so I only had like a little cough this time. I wasn't like full body aches mm -hmm. like he was, but I still got bronchitis. Yeah. I, just, I literally just had a cough. It was just awful. The moment of silence for those people with bronchitis. Yeah. It, honestly, it is the worst. Don't ever get bronchitis. Not that you can avoid it, but like... But if, if you have a choice. If you have a choice. If you can avoid it, do. Yeah. Get any other itis. Any other itis. Yes. This is trademarked do that <laughs> so investigators determined that the belongings had 34 different fingerprints on it within and 13 within the bag sorry i'm going to repeat that because that's not correct investigators determined the belongings had 34 different fingerprints on it was a guy using his toes <laughs> I'm like reading this like this does not sound right okay so the belongings had 34 different fingerprints on them and 13 of those were on the bag okay okay cool sorry I was very that was not making sense to my brain um they also found DNA on the backpack contents but they didn't like connect them to anything they mm -hmm. didn't like lead to any leads for lack of a better word um but right away the digital evidence was the most compelling so first the phones uh, the phones showed that around six hours after the beginning of their hike, someone dialed 112, which is the Netherlands emergency number, like our 911. Um, and then also 911, which is Panama's emergency number. So they tried both. Um, and it is important to note that even though, even though they called 112, it still would have directed them to the local emergency line, which was 911. So it wouldn't direct to somebody in the Netherlands no. who picks up and he's like, uh, where do you want me to go? Yeah. Panama! <laughs> oh. <laughs> you gotta get here quick. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> so the first call from help was actually made from Chris's iPhone at 4.39 p.m. And then shortly after that, Lisa's Samsung Galaxy tried to call again for help at 4.51. Neither of these calls went through because there was no reception and none of the other calls went through either. So both phones were used to try to make a connection. And on April 2nd, this is the second day now, at 6.58 a.m., they actually did make a connection. Lisa Ann's phone, which I'm just saying, was a Samsung Galaxy, which... 
No, no, this is good. This is it good. Is? It is good. This, this, her phone actually did connect for oh. one to two seconds okay. um, on the one one two number, but it did quickly fail. And thirty six seconds later, the phone was turned off again. So, like, oh. but it did connect though. I'm just saying, yeah, I am, yeah. I am anti Apple products. So, like, you mentioned that you don't have any Apple products no, in your home. I don't. Which actually, I've never heard it before. I actually lied. I have one, and it's actually David's. He has AirPods, but he didn't buy them. He got them from the Lost and Found at the hotel that we worked at before we came here. So, so they're not even his? No, he took them. So poor Zap goes to the Lost and Found. And he's like, where are my AirPods? Well, see, the place that we worked at, they they would have just bought like new AirPods and not even like batted an eye. Like, hmm. they were rich. They had money to spend. You're close to incriminating yourself. I, so and like, now I'm complicit. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get, Dylan. This is what you sign <laughs> up for. <laughs> Okay. I can't do AirPods. They don't. My ear canals are all fucked up, and I they don't stay in my ear. What's wrong with your ears? They're just um, the doctors just call it jelly ear. Yeah, they're too soft. When I try to put them in, they just it's like a pillow. Are you are you joking again? Am I? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I would believe. Well, don't like boxers have like cauliflower ears that they call them? Yeah. That's essentially it. Yeah. So, like, is that what you have? No, I don't have cauliflower. You don't However, have jelly I, ears either. I don't have jelly ears. <laughs> okay. um, I cannot fit those in my ear though. They just don't Why stay not? in. Yeah, they don't stay in. Are your ears too big? Are they small? Um, one of them is too big, and one of them is too small. So you're just like disproportionate. Yeah, essentially. Okay, cool. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> you sound really sorry. <laughs> I'm <very> sorry. <laughs> that is very unfortunate. So out of the other 77 calls that were made, they were never able to get a connection again. On April 4th, this is now three days after they first went missing, Lisanne's phone died after 5 a.m. and it was not used again. And Chris's phone didn't make any other calls, but it was turned on and off intermittently to check for reception. So between the 5th and 11th of April, the iPhone was turned on multiple times, but without ever entering the correct pin code. So either the wrong one was entered or none was entered. And on April 11th, the phone was turned on at 10.51 a.m. and was turned off for the last time at 11.56 a.m., despite still having 22% battery left. So during the 5th through the 11th, just to recap, yeah. the iPhone had either the wrong pin entered multiple times or no pin entered at all. So either Lee's, or it was Chris's phone. So either Chris's phone wasn't being used by Chris and it was being used by Lee Sand, and somehow after five days in the woods, they didn't know each other's pin codes for their phones. Um, not judging. I'm just saying that's kind of bizarre. Were they separated? I imagine. I maybe that's the thing. I don't know. We don't. We have no idea. Um, and then again, it was never turned on again, even though it still had juice left in mm -hmm. it. They just never tried it again. So they were either separated or the person that was following them tried to use it themselves. Yes. Ugh. Yes. Not good. Ugh. Not good. That's scary. Yeah. Um, this is too scary. It gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> so buckle in, Dylan. Oh. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> Lee Sand's camera had over 100 images on the memory card, 133 in total, but there was a mystery shot that is missing, image number 509. 
The camera did not have a GPS option, so investigators were just kind of left, left to like use the pictures and kind of estimate where they were supposed to be with the guides. Um, and the first images on the first, they were like standard tourist shots of them hiking, they were smiling, the sun was bright, they were just enjoying their, their hikes. Um, and then the girls then follow an indigenous trail near a creek, which is, again, this is past the summit. This is where they should not have been going. Um, did I say creek or creek? Uh, I think you just alternate if you want. No, I see, I say creek. You do say creek. I do. You say roof? No. Crick is like the only hick thing that I say. <laughs> like I am, I pride myself on being like a very classy, like city-esque, sophisticated person. Yeah, that's the impression that I get. Yeah, but um, but what, once you get down on the crick, Western PA, like all bets are off. Sneaks in, yeah. It's it's a crick, and I try. Oh, we were actually hiking, David and I, and I called it a crick. Like, I don't think about it. And he yelled, he yelled at me for calling it a crick. <laughs> he would not allow that at all. So, um, a creek. Or, or a crick. Or a crick. You know, whatever you... are feeling froggy. Down by the crick. Feeling a little froggy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, in one of the last shots from April 1st, Chris had an anxious look on her face around sunset in the jungle, around 6.40, which I would also be anxious. Yeah, that seems like an understatement. Yeah. an anxious look. Yeah, she was like looking back and she was like, mm. you can't see my face, but just imagine an anxious look going. Yeah. Just like that. I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they can't <laughs> I can too. imagine it. <laughs> so the other 90 images, they weren't just mysterious, but they were also just very scary. And they were all taken on April 8th which is seven days after they first went missing. Mm. None of the pictures were taken in between there. It was images from April 1st and then images from April 8th. Nothing in between. Weird. Yeah, super weird. So a lot of these images just show darkness and the jungle floor, and you can tell that there was rain falling. Most of the shots look like they were taken deliberately. Like, they weren't blurry. They were specifically taken. Like, mm -hmm. usually, you know, you got that little blur if you're moving around. Right. That was not happening and at this point the woman had been in the jungle for a week and some were taken seconds apart and others were up to 15 minutes apart so um some of the images show the woman's belongings spread out behind a rock with candy wrappers and a plastic bag some images show that they were near a ravine and this siri gorge with the cable wires the cable bridge thing mm -hmm. which is dangerous um and especially if it were raining, it would make that even more dangerous. Yeah, with, whether or not you're a monkey. Yeah, whether or not you're a monkey is dangerous. <laughs> like, I don't even know, I don't know how monkeys are, but like, I would not trust them to go over a cable bridge in the rain. I don't know what kind of monkeys I'm talking about. I do trust monkeys. Let's get the record straight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in this particular instance. <laughs> you know, I don't trust monkeys. They are vicious. Yeah, they're terrifying. They are really scary. Even the small ones. Yes, they can rip your face off. Yeah. It's not good. It's happened. I know. I know. We're not talking about monkeys. We're talking about missing people. Anyway. <laughs> um, so it appeared that like the women were following the river downstream, which is exactly what survival guides would recommend. So it seemed like they had learned something and that that's where they were going. There were photos that showed odd piles of dirt. And I don't really know what to make of that besides they were just like unnaturally formed piles of dirt. Like, either they were using them to, like, rest up against and, like, building those things, or, like... Maybe they were using them as, like, um, an indicator of where they've been. Maybe. That's actually really... I didn't think about that. That's a really good point. Yeah, because when you're in the jungle and you don't have anything to mark your That's surroundings, true. you would make 
whatever you could out of a pile of dirt or I I would try to at least so that makes sense to me it shows some of the pictures show what looks like a backpack strap and a mirror on the rock I don't know where the mirror would have come from but it kind of looks like that um and then probably the scariest one to me at least is a picture of Chris's head it's the back of her head and you can see blood like she had a head injury either like she fell or someone injured her but you can see like a matted hair and like some blood at the base and was that the um the last one of the last pictures or one of the earlier ones so it was one of the later pictures i don't think it was one of the last pictures but definitely one of the later ones if she's the same head injury it would kind of explain all the weird actions exactly so we another theory was that maybe because chris was injured maybe she couldn't keep going and they took it Mm. as like evidence like this is what happened to chris and lisanne went to go get help Maybe that's why she had Chris's phone if she did and was like entering the wrong pin code. Mm-hmm. But again, we just have no idea. Huh. Yeah. It gets weirder. In, in the picture of the her head and the blood, um, yeah. does the blood look dried or does it look fresh? I think it looks dried. To me, it looks like in the middle. It looks like it was, it's not bright red, like fresh, fresh, but it's not like crusty and dry. Mm. Like it's kind of in the middle of that. Like it's trying to heal. Okay. And who's, who's head was that? Chris's. Chris's. Mm-hmm. What if, um, and this is just speculating. Yeah. But what if on the way up the mountain, Chris hurt her head, and after they get to the very top of the mountain, maybe not, because they would have turned back. Right? Yeah, I, I would imagine so. I'd hope so. I yeah. would turn back. Maybe she was like uh, downplaying it, and at the very top, she got confused and maybe. then headed off into the forest. Maybe. Sort of irretrievably, they can't get back up again, and then they would just start wandering. But then why would Lisa keep going with her? Hmm. I'm, to make sure that she was all right. Maybe I don't know. Hmm. That's a good theory. I I take that. It's better than the what the Panama police had. So <laughs> no shade, kind of shade. So one theory, and this is a theory that I kind of always thought. Yeah. That they were just kind of using the flash as like a flashlight oh, to right. see their surroundings and like find their way in the darkness or to scare away animals hmm. or something like that. But it doesn't seem entirely likely because they only started using it the very last day. Like something seemed to have motivated them to take pictures on this last day. Mm-hmm. So image number 509 was oh. the last picture taken by Lisa and Chris, but there were two versions of this picture. So it was taken right between the daytime and nighttime photos and it was permanently deleted, which means there was absolutely no way of retrieving it. And typically, Whenever a photo is deleted, you can restore it. It's not immediately gone forever, goodbye. You There is like a memory of it somewhere in the card mm-hmm. and specialists can usually retrieve that. However, the whole thing was just deleted. Dutch specialists tried to get it off of it and again, not usually a challenge for them, but they said that it looked like someone had uploaded it to a computer and removed it that way with some help from like a software or something because it was like just absolutely gone no sign of it whatsoever um again they're very certain that someone deliberately deleted this picture for reasons unknown um they theorized that maybe the panamanian authorities took the photo off the camera themselves because it was something that they didn't want the world to see um and like maybe it was content that didn't agree with their theory of what happened so they removed it um it's very unlikely very unlikely that the camera just would have malfunctioned on its own and just vanished this picture 
So shortly after the backpack was found, yeah. on June 19th, Chris's jean shorts were discovered on a narrow piece of land between two fast-flowing and powerful rivers that deposited into a lake. And they were found by more indigenous people. And it is a common misconception that they were found zipped and neatly folded and placed on a high rock. But this is actually disproven. There is photographic evidence that they were not. And that was a huge source of like controversy because like why wouldn't you have jeans that are like neatly folded on a rock and zipped up that doesn't make any sense so that was disproven and they uh -huh. were actually found floating in the water so that mystery is solved ish okay um in the same area remains were found behind a tree and away from the river on june 19th and they were confirmed to be the remains of both chris and lisa ann so 33 bones were found widely scattered along the river, uh, like a few miles from the cable bridge. And they think that, that this is where like the photos were taken, but they're not entirely positive. Upstream from the river, Lee Sand's left foot was found intact inside of her boot, which also showed multiple fractures of the metatarsals. And the laces were still tightly tied up, but the foot was still in there. So did an animal get to them? That's the thing. I'm going to get to that because okay. I'll tell you why that's not likely. So that makes sense. Maybe a monkey got to them. <laughs> you know what? If they were walking on the cable bridge and the monkey was like, yeah, this ain't is no my way. Bridge. This is my bridge. You know, um, all bets are off. Yeah. We really don't know. So forensic analysts found that there was zero cut of the bone. It was very clean and there was zero blood found on it. There were no signs of cutting, hacking, sawing, gunshots, claws, or teeth marks. Nothing. It was just clean, like it had just fallen off. The foot itself does not indicate foul play, but what was odd was that the different body parts seemed to be in different stages of decomp. Okay. Yeah. So she was alive when her body parts were removed? Not necessarily. That's, that's what I think of when I think of different stages of decomposition, right? Yeah. So, yes and no. Like, that, yes, yes. She would have had to have been somewhat alive or things had to have been preserved a certain way, but that doesn't make sense at all for where we're at Especially in the middle the of the jungle. In, yeah. Yeah, in the middle of the jungle, it makes absolutely no sense. So, yes. But if one of the pieces of her body was waterlogged, I would imagine that would speed up decomposition. It does. It does mess with decomp if it is in the water compared to not in the water. You know a lot about decomposition. <laughs> <laughs> Can you speak on that? I watch a lot of true crime stuff and I do a lot of research. <laughs> Have you heard about skin slippage? I'd love to tell you about it. I heard you mentioned skin slippage <laughs> in an episode that I was listening to today. <laughs> Yeah, no, I yeah, no. I know of it. I can imagine what it is. Don't 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 look it up. Just don't. I just I'm gonna look it up right now. Actually. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. Um, okay, so in August of 2014, a fragment of skin from Lee San's shin was found and was still in the very early mm. stages of decomp. Shin skin. Shin skin, very mm. different from her foot mm -hmm. in the boot. Comple right. Completely different. However. Mm. In contrast, Chris's bones were stark white and clean, like they had been bleached. Okay. Yes. So when I say different stages of decomp, I mean like very different. These bones are not lining up at all. Like you have fragments that look like they were just decomposing, and then you have her pelvic bone that was not only white and clean, but had been like cut directly in half. What about the rest of them? Where did that go? Missing. 
missing. They just have like bone fragments and a foot and half a pelvis that's bleached. Okay. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think not, they have a not, very good chance. No, I wouldn't say so. Um, and again, a forensic anthropologist claimed that under magnification, there were no scratches of any kind on the bones. So like no animal would have gotten to them because they would have seen claw marks or scratches or teeth marks or something. And also animals don't bleach bones. I didn't know if you knew that or not. But that's not... That's Yeah, they actually don't do that. You have vast knowledge of bones as well. I do. <laughs> I do. Um, it's not something that animals do. Um, and they also can't, like, split a bone, like, clean in half. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Not an animal. Um, or, like, persistent beaver might be able to split a bone. You know what? That's a good That's a good point. But you would have been able to see the teeth marks, no? Yes. Or maybe had a nail file and, like, it, like, smoothed it down so that you couldn't see it. And certain animals can be very enterprising. Listen, I get it. You know, you've seen that meme with, like, the cat sharpening his nails with, like, a <laughs> file? That's, like, I get it. Uh, Panamanian police are like, this is it. This is it. Showing a meme. Yes. <laughs> we found happened. the killer. <laughs> so, actually, the government said that the deaths were just a tragic accident, but... Oh. I, yeah. Very tragic. Very accident. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There are, it doesn't make any damn sense. Um, they think that the women were swept away, by, swept away by the river, and they tried to cross it by the cable bridge. Um, because, like, the emergency calls showed that they needed help, and, like, you see the injury, and the body parts, and all this and that. Um, well, you know, um, I I did some white uh, river rafting, and the, one of the thing things that they told us is that if you are going down a river, and you try to make yourself upright, your feet are going to get caught mm-hmm. in the stones on the bottom of the river. Yeah. So that could explain nothing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, no idea. Okay. In theory, this uh-huh. is a very far-fetched theory. In theory. No, that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. I was going to say that in that case, what if her foot got caught in the rocks? Yeah. And she had drowned in the river and her foot was caught in the rocks. And her body decomposed in a way where just her ankle, her foot released from mm. the thing, the bone. But that doesn't make sense because then where's the rest of her? Right. I don't... I mean, maybe the rest of her body was just scattered on the riverside and animals ate it. Maybe. And then the bones were bleached. Yeah, you know, as they do. And then you could just like... The foot is preserved inside of the shoe. No blood. Just... No blood. Just there. This is curious. It is very curious. It's... Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. Uh, also, you know, unsurprisingly, people are convinced that it was foul play um, with the odd images and the electronic image... Like, the... the fuck. Images... The image being removed from the camera. Mm-hmm. I can't speak. Like, that makes the most sense. And originally, the case was first declared a homicide... And a quote, and crime against personal integrity, but then it was later described to be not that, that case. It was like, oh no, I'm sorry, just made a mistake. Yeah, we, we messed up. Yeah. We take it back. Exactly. So, like, other theories of, like, like, a mixture of the things. So, hypothermia isn't just, like, out in the blizzard and you're freezing to death. Right. Hypothermia can actually be... It's very common in deserts, actually, because it gets really hot in the desert during the day, but during night, it gets so cold. It can get, like, below zero. I don't think that's true, but it can get really cold. Not below zero, but it can get really cold. Um, So if they weren't dressed appropriately for it, hypothermia is possible. But then again, like, where is the body? Like, where? why are things 
not making sense. That's really all I've got. So most of it is just like theories and like people who may, might have fallen earlier back to what we had said. Maybe they were being followed by somebody and they like got into trouble. Maybe they fell and they were running away from somebody. Maybe somebody got the phone. It does seem like there's another person. Involved. Yes, it has to. It seems like there is somebody else involved. Because how did she hit the back of her head? Exactly. I mean, she she could have she could have fallen, but yeah. like, I don't know. It, there's a lot of unanswered questions, and like the the bleached bones really gets me because like, the sun can bleach things like bones, but they the sun cannot clean and bleach that fast. Yeah. It takes a while for your bones to be bleached by the sun. Hmm. I'm gonna go to Panama. <laughs> I'm gonna figure this out. Yeah, you're gonna go there with your little safari hat. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, investigator um, burger on the on the job. On the case. <laughs> <laughs> the Panama police ought to just like lock me up immediately. Yeah, you know too much. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really all I got. A lot of unanswered questions, a lot of bleached bones, um, and nowadays they have a sign at the trail. Saying that they you shouldn't keep walking because of how dangerous oh, it is. That's helpful. So yeah, now now that they've they've changed that. They didn't um, have a sign before, no, huh? No, they didn't. Not at all. Uh, so yeah, that's uh that is a story of their disappearance, potential murder, and uh, bleach bones. It's spooky. I've got spooky. chills. Spooky ooky. Well, um, I I remember reading a little bit about this case yeah? and watching a few videos on it. Um, and the, the pictures are really chilling. They are not fun. Because when you, I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, when you have fragments of evidence like that that you can't really put together no. in a logical way, um, your brain just tries to invent reasons behind these things. Yeah. And the reasons behind everyday things can be very complicated, let alone in a situation like this. Exactly. Um, you would think, though, that if there was somebody involved, somebody following them, they wouldn't necessarily have the freedom to be able to take pictures. That's and if they the did, thing. then they yeah. would have taken pictures of the person who was exactly, them, which they might have. Maybe they, was deleted. That that's true. That's true. Or maybe they heard somebody and they were trying to take pictures of them, but it was just darkness because mm-hmm. they, maybe they just like heard something and were trying to like get it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But at the same time, you know, whoever was following them probably wouldn't want to be in the jungle themselves anyway. that's true unless they were very familiar with the area. i was just gonna say unless they knew what they were doing mm-hmm. and the backpack was dry dylan they got <laughs> this information off of the cell phones they yeah. were undamaged i love my samsung galaxy but it would not last a river traveling trip yeah. and still be alive I'm thinking that if somebody was following them as well, they wouldn't want to keep the phones and images undamaged. Yes, like why would you not? Why would you throw them in a rice paddy? Why would you not take them and like bury them or something, or burn them, something right. like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was like an open and shut case when I first heard it, and it's not. Not at all. No. But I mean, what would the police want to delete exactly? I don't know. Maybe if it's a picture of a person, so, maybe. So, like, part of the theory was maybe they didn't. Maybe if it didn't fit into their theory, they didn't want to draw negative press towards Panama because tourism is a huge part of the, their economy. Mm-hmm. And like any potential bad press could make people not want to come and it could crash their economy and it could be a whole conspiracy thing. Mm-hmm. But Dutch investigators are very confident that it's not an accident. Okay. Well, I don't think it's an accident either. It's, it's quite a lot of steps to be an accident. Yeah. Just the arrangement of the remains is curious. Yeah, literally scattered all around 
they were not, that's the thing, they were not in the river. If they thought that they drowned in the river, their remains were scattered around the river and, like, dragged up different ways, which animals might have done that, but it doesn't make, it doesn't, like, always make sense. Like, mm-hmm. all of the pieces do not fit. You would have seen not, claw marks. You would have seen teeth marks. It's going to sound kind of stupid, but um, do rivers rise and lower under the moon as well in the same way that the ocean does? I don't think that's a stupid question at all, actually. That's a really good... I don't think they do quite the same level. However, they would fluctuate in in height if it was raining. And I think mm-hmm. in that area particularly, it is known for flash flooding if it does get super rainy. So that's a possibility. But... Do you th- think we'll ever figure this out? I don't think we're ever going to figure this out. I really don't. Well, condolences to their families. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It is really sad. Hmm. Well, my thing is a lot uh, more happy... And it's not happy necessarily. It is, it's um, it's its own mystery. And Yay! I, uh, so the secret by uh, Byron Price is one of the most peculiar books uh, that I've heard of. Um, it was written by Byron Price over forty years ago. Oh, so it's like relatively recent. Uh, relatively, uh, like within the twentieth century. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah, talking yeah. like medieval times. Yeah, no, not at all. It okay. was in uh, nineteen eighty-two. Okay. And uh, since its release, it's been one of the most enduring and frustrating mysteries that I know of, uh, playing off of a really genius concept. Okay. And so the concept is this. Uh, Byron Price hid 12 treasure boxes across the United States. (gasps) Yeah, this is a story of buried treasure. And it has quite a tragic ending as well. Oh, no. Um, So, uh, the book starts like this. Welcome... (laughs) We've been expecting you. You're about to embark on a fantastic adventure. A quest for 12 treasures, over $10,000 in precious jewels. They may be hidden in your city or your local park or even in your own backyard. You might even figure out one of their hiding places without leaving your house. That's right. It seems like fun. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) While the clues and images were so obscure that to this day... Only three of the 12 boxes have been found. I have heard of this before. You have? I have. Really? Yes. I think I was the only one who knew about it. No, this. I've heard of it, but I don't remember. I remember hearing about it, but that's literally it. I yeah. Tell me everything. It's super, super interesting. Um, so, to this day, in 2023, or whenever you listen to it, likely, uh, only three of the 12 boxes have been found. Damn. That's how difficult these verses and images collectively, because they correspond with one another. Okay. So, essentially, you go through the book... You uh, find an image and its corresponding verse, and the clues in either image and verse will lead you to a location. Okay. Um, And based on that location, you go there, you find the cask, you uh, get a key, you send it into the publishing company, and they'll give you a jewel. Are you serious? And Yes. And uh, the jewels are worth upwards of $1,000 each, but that was 40 years ago. (gasps) Hot damn. So, uh, today in 2023, we don't really know what the estimate for those jewels is like, but it's wow. definitely more, more than, than a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, Damn. now you think after all this time, 40 years later, uh, Byron would provide a little bit more insight or, uh, provide some leeway. Um, but unfortunately, and this is sort of the tragic part, he died 
in 2005. Oh, shit. In a car accident. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I believe he was in his early 50s. Oh. And um, you would think, well, okay. Um, you know, he didn't give any clues while he was alive, but certainly he kept a record of where the boxes were hidden. Uh, but no, he didn't. Okay, so did he hide these boxes? Or, like, why is he giving away the treasure? He did hide these boxes. He hid these boxes. So he had treasure. All across the And United he States. willingly hid the, the treasure. He, um, uh, I guess, accumulated the money necessary to buy uh, 12 precious jewels. Um, and then he hid these boxes with these keys all across the United States. Okay, I'm just processing. See, for me, I don't... I would never. I would, I'm too... I don't want to say a cheapskate, but like I like to save my money. It's like I can't imagine giving it away. Yeah, I mean, but that's sort of the gimmick of the book is that to get people to uh, show interest in and, and buy then, the book. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, they would be just amateur treasure hunters looking across the United States for these these boxes based on the clues that they left. Okay, all right. It's certainly interesting. Um, and uh, now you know most people think, "Hey, I'm smart enough to solve these riddles." You know, nobody has been able to do it except yeah. for three times. Yeah. Um, but um, here's one of the verses for context. Okay. Is this one of the unsolved ones or one of the solved ones? This is ones? one of the solved ones. I don't oh. go through how they solve it. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool. Uh, where M and B are set in stone and to Congress R is known. L sits and left beyond his shoulder is the fair folks treasure holder. The end of 10 by 13 is your clue. Fence and fixture central two for finding jewel casts. Seek the sounds of rumble, brush, and music so when you think of any place in the U.S., where does that make you think of? I honestly have no idea. It sounds like something where there's music and like a city. So mm. my first thought was like D.C., but that also feels very national treasure, and that's too obvious. So I'm going to say Nashville. Interesting, Nashville. Yeah. Uh, well, you are correct. It is a city, um, and music does play a part. Okay. However, it is not Nashville. Is it Boston? It is not Boston. Is it California? It is not California. Shit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna win any of the treasure in my deal. I mean, uh, there are still uh, nine boxes to be found in the United States. Is it? <laughs> Is it New York? Nope. Damn it to hell! I know it's so close by. It would be easy. I know. I was just there. I just snagged a little treasure. Little something, yeah. something. So, um. Am I gonna think it's like really obvious when you tell me? No, it's not obvious at all. Okay. Uh, but here's a little bit of the lore that he adds to the story. Okay. And as, um, you know, I'm more of a jock than a nerd. I've always considered myself yeah. a big jock. I'm not a nerd at all. Yeah, not at I all. I do play D&D all the time. <laughs> I do have a big wizard hat. <laughs> and a beard. And a beard. And a cape. Um, but <laughs> not a nerd. Not that, whatsoever. <laughs> that's sort of what attracted me to this particular story because the lore behind it is so interesting. Okay. So, um... In the beginning of the book, he describes this immortal race of creatures called the Fair People that consist of 12 tribes that are fairies, goblins, dragons, okay. etc. And at some point, they sought out a new homeland and they chose America. And each of the tribes carried their own gemstone. And they offered a truce to the humans in exchange for their gemstones if they could find them. Okay. So in exchange, the Fair People will come out of hiding and live in harmony among them. So what you're saying is they would only come out of hiding if the gemstones were found? That is my interpretation. That's fucked. Like, like, we'll be friends with you, but only if you can, like, find these jewels. Yeah. And I then mean, that's it. Maybe that's why there are no uh, fairies or goblins or dragons around. Damn it to hell. Although, you know, 
dragons were probably real. They were probably real. Most likely. Yeah. If their if their skeletons were cartilage yes. instead of bone, yes. that's why there's no fossils. Mm-hmm. That's why they could fly. That's the dragon truth. Yes. Dragons for life. Dragons for life. That's my running platform whenever I run for president. You have my vote. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, you have my vote. And now, based around this story, um, he, along with a, a team of other people, um, composed 12 verses, which were to be corresponded with a certain image as well. Okay. Um, and now, uh, going through that verse that I just read, mm-hmm. um, that was one of the verses that was uh, solved. Okay. And now I'm going to go through how they solved it exactly. Okay. So, after using the image to determine that the location was, one more guess, a city. A city. Okay. A city. This is even harder. I just was guessing states. It's Um, a big city. A big city. It's known for being windy. Chicago! Chicago! Chicago. Um, That's what I said, Dylan. Did you say Chicago? No. (laughs) (laughs) So, after they determined that the location was Chicago... How? Um, using the image. What was the image? So, um, the image was of a, um, goblin with this tower of stones on his head. Oh, naturally. And, and you think um, Chicago when you see One that. of the chains that was hanging off, uh, made the shape of Illinois. Oh! And from there, they went to Chicago. Chicago! They started with M and B, Mozart and Beethoven. Uh-huh. Chiseled in the Chicago Orchestra Hall. They then moved down to the Roosevelt University Auditorium and to Congress R is Known. After that, L sits, referring to the Lincoln Monument and Grant Park. The end of 10 by 13 is your clue. Refers to a row of 10 by 13 trees. Okay. Following it to the end, the treasure hunter will find fence and fixture, and then seek the sounds of rumble, which refers to the nearby railroad tracks. And then, brush and music hush, which refers to the Art Institute of Chicago. And buried within a patch of lawn nearby... Uh, Eric Gassi and his friends found the first cask. Oh my god! Containing the first key. That's awesome. And um, in 40 years since then, only two other keys have been discovered. Wait, that was like early on. It was. It was early on. Oh yeah. my gosh. But you have to think back then, uh, they didn't really have the internet. That's so true. They couldn't sort of crowdsource this information to so be So then able to what find. are we doing now? We have the internet. And there has been a resurgence in interest in this uh, particular okay. book. Okay. But the thing is, unfortunately, um, and this is uh, a little sad, um, 40 years later, the images and verses no longer correspond one for one with the world. Wait, what do you mean? Um, What might have made sense 40 years ago no longer applies now. Damn it to hell. Yeah. That's Uh, what I was afraid of. For example, the uh, 10 by 13 might no longer be accurate because Ah! there are no longer 10 by 13 trees. That's so upsetting. Yeah. What says that Byron what? Byron Price. He purposely did that. Well, I am guaranteed. I, I guess he expected more interest in the beginning and the people to really come together to solve his, his riddles, but they were just so esoteric and confusing that, I mean, you have to really, really be a, a brainy person to figure out any of this shit. I consider myself to be very smart. However... I panic under pressure. I don't think, You're very smart, I, don't but think I, mean, I could do this. That verse is I don't funny. know. I like honestly my eyes kinda of glazed over. You're mm-hmm. reading it, I'm like I'm trying to follow and I'm trying to pick it up, but like whoosh. Yeah. I heard music and that was what I got. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, so um you know, uh now, forty years later, 
a lot of the ground that might have held this casks has been developed or processed. The cask might oh, be well, shit. And, um, you know, there might be cement over it or uh, it might have been destroyed during, like, excavation. Um, I'm really upset. And, and it's a waste. Um, however, you know, nine casks around the United States, at least a few of them probably remain. Probably. And if someone's determined enough, if you're determined enough. If I am. Who knows? Damn. Where were the other ones found? The other one was found in Ohio. Of course. And uh, the other one was found, I believe, during an uh, episode of a show on the Discovery Channel. Okay. It was brought up with an excavator. Um, Jeez. And um, that's... Like, totally by accident? I believe so. Someone was just like, what's this? I think they actually uh, hunted it down. Oh, they I could did. be wrong. Don't hold me to that. Okay. Um, now, there have been some people... Uh, who searching for these boxes try to approximate the area using a metal detector. I was just going to say, yeah. But the thing about that is uh, Byron planned for that. Mm. And he made the keys and the casks out of a ceramic material. So there's no cheating. What if mm -hmm. they have like, the, I don't listen again. I just said I was really smart and I don't know anything. So like, I, what are, what are, don't they have like those really, those scanning things for the earth, not a metal detector, but like, like a, not a radar thing, but like mm. you can kind of like yeah, I know what you're talking sense, about. you can kind of like see what is underneath there. Yeah, like the pop, 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 Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Isn't that how they found like some of the tombs, like the different chambers and like the pyramids and stuff? That's very true. They did. Yeah. So like, why don't we just do that with that stuff? Cause you can probably see things. But where's the fun of that? Don't you want to actually be able to solve the riddle? You know what? I do. Out? And that would bring me so much joy. But you know what else would bring me joy? Hmm. Yeah. Money. I would like some money. Yeah. I would like a big ruby. A big ruby. To wear on my, my it, finger. Yeah. <laughs> next to my class ring. Yeah. Do, wear a class do you have ring. a class ring? No, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I had an opportunity back in high school to get a class ring. And I was like, well, I, I could spend money on like literally anything else. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely one of the more interesting, uh, things that I found in terms of mysteries, world mysteries. Yeah. That I came across. And I don't hear it talked about too much. No, it's really not. I don't know where I first heard of it, but it was not like a big published thing. It was very like yeah. hush hush. But to this day, um, there are still casks out there and at least one or two or three or four of them are probably obtainable. Dylan, I think that we should go on a treasure hunt. I'm just saying, and not that this has sparked any ideas in my brain, but like I think that would be a great idea for us to do. Absolutely, I'm road trip saying, treasure hunt. Yeah, road trip to I have no idea where, but yeah, and you know, um, if we end up in Nashville, we can still have Nashville hot chicken. Yes, hell yeah. Don't mind if I chew. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, that is. Uh, I I have a little extra section here. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd come up with a few riddles. Okay. Test your riddle solving abilities. Oh, Dylan, this is going to be so bad. This so how are you with riddles? So like, I am someone who needs to see words mm -hmm. to understand them. I am not a great auditory listener and learner, mm -hmm. um, which isn't great. But like, if you tell me enough times, I might be able to get it. Okay. Um, I don't know. So, all right, this is the first one. Okay. Let's see your riddle solving ability. Oh, jeez. It's not great. <laughs> right. Which three letters can frighten the thief away? That's it. 
Which three letters can frighten a thief away? Yeah. D-O-G. D-O-G? Dog. Um, I don't know, Dylan. <laughs> you're, so. you're really exposing me here. You're showing how... <laughs> How not smart I am. No, there's, it's, you have to be very uh, particularly brain to get any riddles at all. Okay. I'm I, some of the, is it like a way. word riddle where it's like in the sentence? No, it's letters in a certain order. So which uh, three letters can frighten the thief away? I see you. Oh. <laughs> I feel like a little riddle goblin. <laughs> This is so delightful. That should be your next D&D character. A little oh. riddle goblin. You only speak in rhyme. You you give riddles hmm. to give answers. And I they don't have to be good. They should just be whatever. <laughs> they can be fucking terrible. Yeah. I look up easy riddles yes. on Google, and that's just what I do the whole game. Yes. People get really pissed. Yes. Um, Make no friends. How about this one? Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah, okay. That's the spirit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can a man legally marry his widow's sister in the state of California? Yeah? Can a man legally marry his widow's sister? So that's his wife's sister. So that would be his sister-in-law, which would no longer be in law because the wife would be dead. So it would be his... Does that count if you're dead? But is his wife the dead one? Wait, what? We, we, we repeat it. Repeat it. One second. Can a man legally marry his widow's sister in the state of California? Wait a second. My brain. His widow, which is a woman. A widow is a woman. That's correct. His widow's sister. And you said, what if she's not the dead one? Can a man legally marry his widow's sister in the state of California? widow's sister. Yeah. His... Deceased wife's sister. But the widow isn't the deceased one. What? It's a, the widow is the the partner of somebody who's died. What? <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Oh right. my gosh, you're right. You're we're, right. You're we're right. We're taking an intermission. Oh my gosh, you're right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he would be the widower. Mm. She would be the widow. Yeah. Can a man marry his widow? No, he'd be dead. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's right. That was given to me. <laughs> no, that was good. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Last, last riddle here. Okay, cool. What can go up and down without moving? Jeez, I feel like I've heard this one before, and I just... What can go up and down without moving? Up and down. <laughs> uh, not a voice. Not your eyes, not letters, not sound. Sound? It's really hot outside. Temperature! Hell yeah! <laughs> That's right. I think I think we might have a shot. Yeah? We can find the last nine remaining casks. Yeah? And make some money. Damn. I think, yeah. you know what? If I study enough riddles, maybe I could. Or if I have... Byron, what's his face? Byron Price. Byron. Also, what kind of name is Byron? I'm sorry, but like. It's a, it's, I, you know, I don't hate it. Really? Is that poet's name? Byron Price. Lord Byron. Lord Byron. Mm -hmm. Named after Byron Price. <laughs> but he came, he was around like in the 1800s? But or someone prophesized Byron Price. Nos, Nostradamus. Yep, that's who it was. 
And they knew it was coming. I had 20 pages of notes about Nostradamus. Do you actually? No. <laughs> Just in case I we am, wanted to talk about something Listen, else. I am so gullible. I promise you could tell me anything. You could tell me you have jelly beans for toes, and I would probably believe it. I have jelly beans for ears. I know! <laughs> but that's about it. But I, I, I just thought that this um, this particular book, um, which nobody knows about. No, nobody knows about it. Except us. Can you still buy it? Yes. You or you don't, have, well, you don't have to buy it. Okay. There's also the PDF. <gasps> Yo. Am I allowed to say that? I said, maybe we shouldn't release this. Maybe we should just like keep this for ourselves Gosh. and like so that nobody knows about it and like we can find the treasure. We can find all nine of the cas- casks. 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 I almost said cast. That's not correct. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's go. Let's I have an approximate ahead. idea of like one of these. Really? No, not even close. <laughs> but to, to give you an idea of how how difficult these things are, I mean, let me just uh, pull up another verse here. Lane 222. You'll see an arc of lights, weight and roots extended together save the sight of granite walls. Windswept hall, citadel in the night, a wingless bird ascended, born of ancient dreams of flight, Beneath the only standing member of a forest to the south, Whitestone closest at 12 paces from the west side, get permission to dig out. What the fuck? What the fuck is that? Spiron, come Byron. on. Byron. You're clearly not related to the poet. No, not at all. That first sucked. <laughs> and I'm angry. <laughs> I'm pissed. <laughs> and I'll never find the jewels. No. I'm gonna die poor. <laughs> but uh, all in all, I would definitely, you know... If you're interested in treasure hunting, if you like the strange, dark, and mysterious, um, then uh, definitely check out The Secret by Byron Price, because to this day, it is an unsolved mystery. That is going to be my beach read for the summer. The Secret. You should. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to have a metal detector. Or like, not a metal detector, a radar scanner thing. Mm. And I'm going to like scour the earth. Yeah, why have fun when you can just... Exactly. You know, get things for free. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, that is, um, that's all that I have. I love it. Thank you so much, Dylan. Absolutely. Thank you, Madison. I'm, okay. I'm happy to help. <gasps> yes. Um, thank you so much for being on here, Dylan. This is, this is so fun. I had such a great time. I had a great time as well. Yeah. guys liked this episode uh give dylan some love because he deserves it um if you want to follow us you can follow us on mec nope you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at mec pod um and you can also email us or send us a dm um at my existential crisis podcast at gmail.com uh if you want to send in topic ideas or let us know how you like things feel free to do that And that's all I've got for you. All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.